Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. Uh, ten seconds into this recording, I'm already sweating. Matt, Jay, and Emma, how sweaty are you? Is the, are you sweating because there's going to be some intense questioning about how you thought about Thor? <laughs> yeah, I'm really worried. <laughs> yeah, I'm really worried about how I'm going to get my thoughts of Thor, Love and Thunder across to yeah, everyone. This uh, is like Frost and, Nixon, really. Yeah, that and the what. 30 plus heat and recording in a room where you have to close all the windows it really is that time of year that i hate bring on autumn is yeah, what i say um, yeah it's, it's too much um like you tease matt we are going to be talking a lot about thor love and thunder today we're gonna keep it spoiler free as we usually do right until the very end until after feedback so don't worry if you haven't seen it yet we're gonna we're gonna do a little thing about some mcu villains so if you haven't seen thor yet it's still worth listening uh, and then come back at the end, once you've seen it, for the big old spoiler section. But um, let's just get on with it, I suppose. Um, Four Love and Thunder came out last Friday. Uh, we all saw it last week. And I think, are we all pretty much on a similar page of it's it's all right, it's fine? Yeah, I found it enjoyable. I think it was fun and silly, which is mm-hmm. kind of, which is nice because Ragnarok kind of sort of established that for Thor, like gave him a bit more of a personality, which was really nice. And I think, They've tried to carry that on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was good. Matt, I feel like you're uh, maybe slightly down on it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it was called. Uh, like, I can't remember where I've heard this called before, but it's like an ice box movie where, like, when you're mm-hmm. watching it, you're absolutely fine, but then you leave and then you like start thinking a little bit more about it, and a lot of the things exactly just don't quite mean. work. Yeah, the more you deconstruct, you're like, did I? I mean, and ultimately, you've got two hours of. You know, I had a fun time. Like mm. sometimes that's all you can ask for for a film. I think maybe, maybe that is the problem we've had with the MCU, especially as we got towards Endgame. Is we are expecting more and more, and now we are in that almost like it's almost like akin to a sports team in some ways. Like if like you have a really successful team, and then like all the players leave, and you like you have to do a rebuild for a couple of years to get back to the top. I feel like this is almost where the MCU are. They're kind of in that uh, post Ferguson Manu phase is where I'm seeing the MCU at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I thought it was all right as well. Like I did, I rejigged my rankings just before this of like all the MCU films and TV shows, and out of the 34 of those, I've got it at 22. So like at the top of the bottom third which feels about right i think like i had it just above the first doctor strange and just below the first ant-man it's kind of in that area for that me feels right i do like ant-man more than this but uh mm-hmm. I-, I thought that doctor strange the original one wasn't great so yeah, yeah. i think that's about uh, right for me yeah this kind of I've kind of got some initial spoiler-free thoughts. It's like, there's a lot of talk of like MCU fatigue at the moment, which I am feeling to an extent. I think almost everyone is feeling. Um, but with this, it almost felt like more Taika Waititi fatigue than anything. <laughs> um, I just kind of... I really do like his stuff, but he almost... In this one, I think, went one step too far in turning Thor into a full-on comedy character, almost into a bit of an idiot. Whereas in Ragnarok... He did say stupid things, but he was also like in control of the situation, you feel. Whereas this one, it's kind of like he's kind of almost that kind of um, like dude Thor from Endgame just continued and not really recovered. Um, mm. I don't know what you guys think about that. It's I think definitely, that's. Sorry, go on. <laughs> it's definitely something that I want to address in the spoilers section because mm. I, I think that he's a more active component in the things that happen in Ragnarok. And in this mm-hmm. one, he's a very passive, just, you know, he's engaged with the story rather than it, him being a, like, actual, like, making stuff happen himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I also, uh, I've heard this described as the Lin-Manuel Lin- Lin- Mirandaification of uh, mm-hmm. Taika Waititi. Like, definitely a very talented artist with a specific style, but just the uh, specific way of doing things and the overexposed nature of the stuff that they produce leads to generally becoming a bit sour on it mm-hmm. i think we're yeah, uh, I, I think we're on the tail end of that <laughs> yeah i can yeah i kind of i get what you mean yeah it's kind of like a very specific style which is good while it lasts and you almost want a bit yeah you want a bit of a change up but what, what do you think about so i know you, like you said uh, mla it continues that ragnarok 
feel? Is that kind of what you wanted from this, really? I think I still prefer Ragnarok because I feel Mm. like that had a better balance of a bit of everything. Like, that had the humour and stuff and it still sort of put the story first. I think this one is more humour and silly, like, sort of silliness and comedy first. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't like this quite as much. I like that it is still tapping into what Ragnarok kind of found before. Like, I like that kind of style. Um, But yeah, I I get what you're saying with um, maybe like a bit of fatigue with it a little bit. Like at at points, I think it was, there were times when it was sort of being funny to be funny. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think sometimes parts of the story were a bit untidy um, and messy because of it. Yeah, Ragnarok is definitely a much more balanced film and it was almost a breath of fresh air because we were in like the real depths of the MCU story at that point and like everything was kind of coming together and there's almost like a really fun pocket film whereas Love and Thunder has come at a time when we've kind of had a year and a half of just kind of pocket films and origin films and we kind of don't need that break, we kind of want the story to move along and I feel like that's kind of what's bringing it down for people. Like A lot of people enjoy the film enjoy this film a lot and there is things i did enjoy a lot like i think all the actor all the performances are very good i think christian bell's gore was very good and very creepy at times even if we never kind of really truly get a grasp of what he's capable of and we'll get into that in spoilers i think because like i did want more from that character but yeah let's just say i could have done with seeing him butcher a few more gods um how about <laughs> by the way how about russell crowe russell crowe oh, yeah fantastic absolutely, absolutely we'll the highlight of this damn movie as well like that is and that's kind of what i'm talking about the russell crowe section of the film is probably it's, it's such an odd film for me because that is probably my favorite part of it but it is also the part that you could easily so so easily just replace with some other stuff because it doesn't really add yeah, a it's lot. a story beat. We need something here. And the thing yeah, that they exactly. picked was fine, but yes, they literally could have done anything. Yeah. We'll get deep into Russell Crowe later. Don't worry. I've got I've got I've got things to say about that performance. <laughs> um in a good way. I enjoyed it. Um yeah, I just kind of it felt, yeah, at times a little bit of a retread. Like we got Welcome to the Jungle, which was a great, you know, replacement for Led Zeppelin, but then we also got two more Guns N' Roses song. I didn't need three. We only got one Led Zeppelin song, and that, you know, you can't have three Guns N' Roses song and only one Led Zeppelin song. That does not match up for me. But yeah, what um I suppose that's our initial thoughts. Do you have any, any like spoiler more spoiler free short uh, thoughts before we get into our little feature we've got planned? What do you think about the goats? <laughs> I uh, the first time it was definitely the first time I was like oh that's fun by the 18th time they replayed that joke I was like there was still someone behind me absolutely loving it two hours <laughs> in the goats and I was like no, I've had I, I, I got bored of the goats quickly but uh, they were a welcome addition <laughs> I like yeah I like the goats I think like you said like sometimes that's like a good example of like when it was just trying to be funny too funny it was like oh we're bringing the goats back again like yeah, yeah I think Overall, I think the film was really fun. I enjoyed it. I feel like it's something you'll come out of the cinema and you'll feel good, which is nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very upbeat. It's happy. It's funny. It's got like a lot of nice stuff that's going to make you feel good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's not as good as Ragnarok, and I was really no, hoping it, for that. It's definitely better than Doctor Strange. I, I, I definitely, you know, I have no desire to watch Doctor Strange again. Any uh, the new one, Multiverse of Madness, again anytime soon. But Fall on Thunder, you know, when that's on Disney Plus, I'll happily put that on in the background. I won't watch it as much as Ragnarok, but you know, there's bits to enjoy. Um, but yeah, we'll get deep into that a bit later and talk about what worked and what didn't. Um, next though, what we've got is we t- briefly mentioned Christian Bale plays Gore the Bod. Uh, Gore the Bod Butcher, Gore the God Butcher in uh, Thor Love and Thunders. And I think, was it uh, you, Matt, said that Taika Titi kind of was quoted for saying, we got Christian Bale because basically no one else, other actors There's no one left. left. They've had all the <laughs> actors. <laughs> exactly. Who's left? All the, act- all the actors have played people, in the, uh, villains in the MCU by now. But there are, believe it or not, still a few actors remaining that have not done this. So what we've done is we've pitched three MC, well, Marvel villains each that have yet to appear in the MCU. And we've uh, said why we basically, why they'd be good in the MCU, kind of, I think. And um, yeah, who should play them, more importantly. And um, I mean, a, a couple of mine I've put actual thought into, and one, you know, I've got a little bit silly with, I won't lie to you. But um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Who, who would like to go first? I'll go first. Yeah. Go on, Emma. Go on. All right. So, as Doctor Doom. Yes. I'm going for Adam Driver. And I have a few okay. reasons for that. Mm. Yep, yep, I can see some good reasons. So please, please elaborate. Let's go. Okay, so first, 
Adam Driver is just really good at being angry, <laughs> which I feel like you need for Doctor yep. Doom. Um, he's also really good behind a mask, and obviously Doctor Doom's wearing a mask a lot of time. He can he can act yep. through it. Like I feel like that's really cool, and I feel like he can strike that balance that you need of being someone who is really intelligent, but then also like just consumed by like hate and having that like mm-hmm. take over his character. Can he have the Kylo Ren voice? Can he? Why not? Yeah, you can do on. that, like really stuck up and arrogant kind of thing from the Kylo mm-hmm. Ren performance as well. You can get that. You yeah. need that for a Doom. And Adam Driver can also do likable. So if they do the Doom thing of at first, you do like him, and then you can see why you would have been his friend. Like Mr. bit of charisma. Yeah, yeah but I feel like got... that could work. I mean, he's also just one of the best actors on the planet. It's a good shout, really, isn't it? I think it could I mean, work. Yeah, he's also he really got... tall and like imposing, and I feel like that would be important for the character too. Do you feel like he'd look good in green? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not? Uh, Matt, what's your first pick? So I think it's really weird that they haven't done it yet. But I mm-hmm. think for like at the beginning of these movies, they were trying to go for a really grounded, like, oh, it's no magic, it's all technology. And now it's mm-hmm. fully, they're fully magic. So why isn't Iron Man fighting Fing Fang Foom, the big dragon? Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. I think people had, thought he was going to be in Shang-Chi, but he didn't actually pop up. Maybe, maybe sometime eventually. I think that yeah. they'll get around to it. He's he's cool. Surely. Um, but I think you need a really like interesting, imposing voice for that. So I think the <laughs> only person you could possibly get for it would be Keith David. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Elaborate why. I just think he's, you know, he's got that like kind of funny thing. Like if you're going to put a dragon in one of these movies, you need like a little bit of like, mm-hmm. you know, a jokey I can see him quipping, but I can also see him like carrying a really like big, imposing voice. And he's, am I right? I think he's got a lot of experience of doing sort of, you know, animated or CGI work. Like he, Absolutely. he, can, he can do it just with his voice. Um, yeah, that's a good one. And he's got, you know, he's got a lot of games experience. So maybe we could have a Fing Fang Food game at some point. I don't know. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I thought. Um, It'd be quite funny if they went with Eddie Murphy just because he was obviously oh, the Mushu, dragon. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, that would be really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Would that be too Disney inside baseball, mm, though? I don't know. It's funny. Uh, could he mix it up? Um, I don't know. I've got my first pick. And surely the X-Men must be on their way. They're, they're on their way. They're coming at some point. And you can't have the X-Men without Wolverine. But you can't have Wolverine without Sabretooth, in my opinion. He's he's the big rival. He's a vicious killer. You know, Sabretooth will unleash where Wolverine may try and struggle and hold back a bit. He is clever, though. Don't forget that. He's a master <laughs> manipulator. So who do we need? We need someone that can be imposing, but also kind of has a level of charm, I think, that Sabretooth kind of needs. I want, my, I want a charming Sabretooth. So I'm going... With and let's assume there's been a lot of talk that Taron Egerton is kind of rumored to be playing Wolverine or definitely wants to play Wolverine anyway. So I'm thinking someone of a similar age, and we will need to do a slight bit of retcon here because this person did play a member of the Navy in Iron Man 3. But Marvel have done this before, they've doubled up on characters. I'm going with Corey Hawkins. Is everyone familiar with Corey Hawkins? You'd recognize him. He was in The Walking Dead and 24 Legacy, but I first saw him as Dr. Dre in Straight Out of Compton. And he is brilliant in that film. And also, he's great in The Black Klansman. And last year, in The Heights, he was also fantastic. So I feel like he can do it all. And I'd just like to see him kind of rip up some flesh, really, is what I'm seeing. Um, I want I want him in my film. So yeah, if we're building the first X-Men film, let me direct Taron Egerton and Corey Hawkins. How do you sit on the... Um casting Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine pitch. I think it'd I think be really good. He's got the look. He's definitely got the look. I'm just, I'm still not a hundred. I do think he can act. I'm not on the fence. Of, I'm not in the place of like, oh, he can't act. I think he can. I don't know if he can. I don't know if I've yet seen him unleash or do that level of anger. I'd need to see that. Mm-hmm. And also the accent. I'm, ne- I'm never quite into his American accent. He can't really do it. Yeah. No. But I think if you were going to do it in like a uh, in a Deadpool movie, you know, kind mm-hmm. of have it be slightly comedic. Like it's a yeah. very it's a very funny pick for that. And then have him slightly surprise you. Yeah, I'd like that. If I I would probably prefer Taron Egerton just because I think he's a better actor. Mm-hmm. But you know, if Daniel Radcliffe, why not give him a go? Harry Potter and Wolverine. Yeah. That would be. A nice little double act. I'd take most people would take that as a career. Uh, Emma, 
Who do you have next? So my next villain is Mephisto. Mm-hmm. Some people long might rumored. not have heard of. Yeah, but yeah, it has been long rumoured. People so. are thinking he's been coming for about five years. He's not here yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, it's it's a massive character, isn't it? It's like ruling over hell, demon that mm-hmm. eats souls and like tortures people. It's a pretty, it's a pretty big job. You're going with Adam Driver again? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I've got Adam Driver for all three. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking someone who's quite versatile, actually. I'm thinking of mm-hmm. Stephanie Beatriz. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I think she could be really cool. And I think with this character, it's sort of like, it's like the classic, like, devil Satan type character. And I think she could be really interested in making that character more three-dimensional. She can kind of, you know, she can kind of win people over with charm. Feel like she could bring a bit of like, you know, be deceptive, be sneaky. I think that mm-hmm. would be really cool. I kind of, I'm feeling like the similar sort of vibe to Agatha in WandaVision. I think she mm-hmm. could sort of bring that to, uh, to the character uh, and make them really interesting. Um, and she's really versatile already. Like we've seen her in like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we've seen her in Encanto. She can mm-hmm. do a lot. I feel like she's got a range of stuff she can pull from to make this yeah. character really cool. She says it, uh, she's in In the Heights as well. We're getting all the people from Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights into the MCU. I think that's a good thing, personally. Feels good, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm into that. I thought Mephisto's got to be coming soon. Surely, uh, the time they he does come, it. or the, the, like people are going to be like, they're going to lose their mind because I think it was Star Wonder and that was the first time people thought, and then they thought Doctor Strange didn't come. Sometimes they thought soon, about uh, No Way Home as well. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that he was the, in charge of the spell going Absolutely. wrong. Could be in the background this whole time. Who knows? Might might still be coming. Um, Who have you got not next, Matt? So it's a character that I'm not hugely familiar with, so I did have to uh, research it for this. Uh, but there's a guy called Molecule Man. I mean, he sounds funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's in charge of all sorts of elements, and he can be really small and go in different dimensions and stuff like that. He's a silly guy, I think, as well. He's evil Ant-Man. <laughs> so that's why I think Always Sunny in Philadelphia's Glenn Howerton would be really good for Ooh. this role. Okay. I yeah. like that. I think the MCU's also got this like knack of picking... like comedy characters from other things. Maybe we'll talk about that later in the spoilers section of mm-hmm. uh, um, Thor. But yeah, I think I think Glenn Howerton could be this character he's definitely that got I've the only look. just discovered an hour ago. <laughs> well, he's got kind of... He, he can, yeah, he's got kind of like an evil face. Mm. I can see him as a villain. And he's almost... He does look a little bit like... Um, I've gone complete... Like, uh, Michael Douglas. He's got a little bit of that look. Yeah. So you're kind of riffing off of Ant-Man. Like he could be his like evil stepson or something. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going too far deep on this, but yeah, I could I could see that definitely. Yeah, he's got that edge. I think like in Sunny, sometimes you see it, and it's like, oh, you are just actually flips. a little bit scary. Yeah, he can just flip like that, and I really like that about him. Mm-hmm. Get him in the MCU. I mean, we're running out of actors here. There's not many left. Um, <laughs> this was hard for two reasons. It's villains that haven't been in it, and uh, just humans, uh, not even actors. People, exactly, I think I'm I in thought- one of them. Exactly. I, I thought of a couple and I was like, oh no, they've already been in it in like an obscure point. And then I was like, oh, I'd re- they, they could have been so much, so much more in this. But yeah, next up I've got Intra- uh, Enchantress. So kind of Sylvie in Loki was semi-based on the second Enchantress, whose name is Sylvie in the comics. But I'm going for the original Enta- Enchant. I can't say the word Enchantress. Um, it's too hot for these big words. Um <laughs> And I just think it's one of Thor's best villains. And sometimes she's she's kind of a semi-love interest, but also someone who wants to rule Asgard. So you can't really trust her. She's going to manipulate Thor, which I kind of feel like, you know, and he, needs a, he needs a serious threat again. And that's what Amora, who is the first Enchantress, is going to bring. Somebody brings off this kind of like glow of grandeur but you can't trust them someone you know from our royal family for example and that is why i'm going for the actress who played princess margaret in the crown vanessa kirby because i thought you were going to literally cast the queen for this i mean there's no rules they'd be amazing (laughs) it sounded like you were setting it up for that (laughs) for the queen no i'm going i'm going for an actual actress um (laughs) i think she she'd be perfect and the role you can really see why she'd be perfect for this is in mission impossible fallout where she plays the white widow where she's just like she's undoubtedly like striking to look at she's absolutely beautiful and she already kind of has that as guardian look and accent and i feel like she'd be perfect for this like she's almost 
yeah, she's almost in the vein of Kate Blanchett in a way, I think, as an actress. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to see her in the MCU. I feel like that's a has been suggested as fan casting before, but I'm going to jump on this bandwagon and say get Vanessa Kirby in as Enchantress. And yeah, that'll be very fun. I don't know if we're getting what that'll be a fifth Thor film, but you know, he's. I, uh, you wouldn't be surprised if there is one. You've got to so, plan ahead yeah. as well. You've got to think about these things in the exactly. in the grand timeline of things. You've got to lock in shooting schedules. You've got all sorts to look into. It's, it's, it's not easy making a film, I've heard. But uh, yeah, there you go. Emma, who's your last one? Okay, so this is quite a selfish pick because it's an actor and comedian that I really like. I don't know if they would be up for the role, but I just I think it would be really cool. Um, so is it me? It's not you. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. But so as Mr. Sinister. Okay. I would want Keegan Michael Key. (laughs) Because (laughs) as a character, that character is incredibly cartoonish as like a a bad guy. And Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it would be really cool to have someone who can be like that sort of over the top, but bring Mm -hmm. humor to it as well to make it funny. Um, Like I was watching Mr. Sinister in the X-Men like cartoon and there is there are some great one-liners in there. Like I feel like he would do really well with that. Um, and I think he would also be really good at playing someone that's kind of a bit unhinged, someone who's gone like a bit too far with what they believe in, and they've gone over to the bad side. Um, but I also think that because the character has like kind of a sad history and backstory as well, I would love to see Key doing that. Like I'd love to see mm-hmm. him doing that. He's got a very expressive face. Like, he would definitely be able to do that. Do you know a very weird rumour? Like, I think it was at the end of New Mutants, which I don't know if anyone actually watched, but there was going to be a post credit scene that teased the sequel that had Mr. Sinister in. And do you know who they were going to... They never actually was shot anything. Jared Leto? No, it's even weirder. It was going to be John Hamm. <laughs> oh, wow. That would have been absolutely bizarre to me because mm-hmm. <laughs> surely he's got bare things to do. I would have picked him for uh, Doctor <laughs> Doom, cool. by the way. Yeah, he would be a good He would work Doom. really well, actually. To be fair, Dr. I've said Doom. he wouldn't be a good Mr. So he'd be good at anything. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd watch him in anything. But yeah, that's a bizarre. I, I definitely, I prefer Keegan Michael Key personally as Mr. Sinister. I think he'd, he'd be really fun. Yeah. Can we get? Oh, because I like it when um, him and Jordan Peele like come as a double act. Like, who could we? Could we get him as like a little like I don't know, his meek to his Korg or something? Could we get him as a sidekick? I don't know. Imagine Jordan Peele's MCU movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want it now. Miss, It'd be yes, incredible. Direct yeah. a, a Mr. Sinister <laughs> film with Keegan Michael Key as Mr. Sinister. There we go. I might write to Jordan yeah. see if he's up for it. Uh, I What's your last one, man? He'll just be too busy playing Toad now, won't he? Keegan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. God, I forgot about that. God. Yeah. So my, my last one is um, so the Red Hulk, uh, another yes. like little villain of the original Hulk. He's um, mm-hmm. he's a military commander, um, so he needs to be kind of tough and imposing. And I've also thought about the MCU's like they'll take a, a comedian and then they'll make them really buff, like somebody that you aren't mm-hmm. expecting. So I think that somebody w- that would fit all of that. It's Parks and Recreation's Nick Offerman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see it. Just want to I see can him see that, definitely. Buff, red, and shirtless, red. keep the moustache if you want. Yep. Him against Chris, bring the Guardians into that as well, get Chris Pratt going off against them. You, you could see it. Parks and Rick. Yeah, I could see that. Like, would he keep, would he have the moustache? Absolutely. I would, in fact, he would have it in his in his rider. I'm not shaving it for <laughs> this movie. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch it. I'd definitely watch that. Um, For my last one. I've gone with the big... It doesn't get much bigger than this. I've gone with Galactus. Galactus surely must be coming at some point. Maybe not... He, he might be 12 years away. But Galactus is going to come. He's the sole survivor of the universe before the Big Bang. He's a big lad. And uh, he's a devourer of planets. He needs it to survive. He's got to eat worlds. Um, and it's just this kind of all-encompassing force that destroys worlds, that kind of like such size of this person this this thing is just unimaginable so i've gone with joe pesci as galactus <laughs> wow um, yeah. <laughs> i've got two choices for this actually my joke one is joe pesci but also he's already a ridiculously intimidating screen presence i don't know if there's anyone in such a small frame that has like exuded such power on in the screen before like he is a terrifying man even if he is a small man and i would never tell him that 
But um, <laughs> that would be one suggestion. But his voice coming out of Galactus to me would be hilarious. My actual suggestion would be, I think maybe the greatest villain actor of all time is Javier Bardem. If you get a mixture of him from Skyfall and No Country for Old Men, like you're just getting... Those are two of the best villain performances of all time, I think. And I just like the idea of both Galactus and Thanos being the leads from No Country for Old Men. Mm. Uh, I don't know how you bring them together. But yeah, maybe Galactus flips a coin as well like he does in No Country for Old Men and just decides whether to eat the planet or not. I don't know. I haven't I'm thought about uh, this until you brought it up, but his whole thing is that he eats worlds, right? So yeah. who would be more appropriate for that than celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay? Yes. Wow. Or, yeah. Oh my god. Imposing <laughs> figure, you know? Yeah. Well known. Shouting like yeah, shouting at us saying, Where's the lamb sauce? <laughs> yeah. It's I, raw. Yeah, it's raw. <laughs> yeah. That's another I think that's that's maybe the best suggestion we've had yet, actually. So we if it was up to us, the MCU would have what uh Keegan Michael Kitty, Gordon, Ramsey and Joe Pesci. Um <laughs> that's probably why we are not Kevin Feige. Um, but maybe this is the spice that the MCU now needs. Maybe if you have a good suggestion for a villain you'd like to see in the MCU and maybe an actor that you'd like to play them, send it in to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. You know, we we've, got, some of those we've got a lot of reach here. You know, we've started some buzz here. I bet all of their agents are really happy that we've oh, managed absolutely. to. You know, They're definitely saying, on board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, yeah, I've sent a little. I've sent a text to Joe Pesci just now, actually saying Galactus question mark. <laughs> you want it? it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Big Kev wants to know: Are you into eating worlds? Because uh, we've got we've got the job for you. Um, I think he might have retired from acting. I think the Irishman might be his last thing, and that's probably a bit higher status than Galactus for Joe Pesci. But what do I know about his career trajectory? Um, but yeah. That's our, that's our fun little uh, MCU villains features. Again, let us know IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com what you think. Um, Matt, I believe you've got an exciting little endless search for us. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 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 and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? I got a little fun for us today. So, uh, listeners of my previous appearance here might know that I'm really big fan of anime. I think it's, Ooh, it's yeah. pretty cool. Um, so I realized that not everybody hugely loves it. You know, there's a, there's an entire medium that is passing people by. That would include me. Yep. And, and so mostly, yeah. <laughs> that allows us to do something very fun here where mm. I'm going to ask you a couple. Qu- oh, in fact, I'm going to tell you. I got two versions of this. Um, you will basically have to dis- decide whether or not I'm making this up or whether or not it, it is part of this a real anime. I yeah. love this game, though. This is a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be... The, the name of this quiz is going to be called Arnime or Antime. So okay. <laughs> for okay. when, this, when this repeats next season. I get it. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you the literal English translations of some airing animes from either this season or earlier on this year. And mm-hmm. you have to tell me whether or not it's real or I made it up. Okay. Cool. Okay. I will... Try and keep score about who picked who. Oh, I mean, I think comedy will be the winner here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the first one. Tell me if this is fake or real. My daughter is a zombie. Who's going first? Are we doing... We can take... Yeah, we can take turns at say two or fours first. You can go first. You can... What do you think? Yeah, sure. True. Nah, I'm going false on that one. It is real. Uh, of yes. course it is. Of course it is. Uh, I should just say yes, because they could all easily be. Anything can happen. <laughs> what happens in that one, apart from a daughter turning into a I zombie? haven't seen it yet, unfortunately. Fair but enough. I think that it's about the whole world being basically zombies. Oh, I, okay. I think, oh, okay. yeah. Uh, all right, this next one is called Mystery at the Beach. <laughs> I mean, it's so generic that it could be, and it could, I mean... Mystery. I mean, there could have been a mystery at the beach. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think what sort of mystery it would be. Who dropped that ice cream and left it in the sand? There, uh, there's a would mystery. you watch that? Would you? <laughs> I can't give too sure. much away here. Um, I'll make this too I'm, easy if I... Uh... Do you know what? I'm, I'm going for true. 
I'm going to say false. Wow. Um, it is fake. I made that one up. Oh, I've lost. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, next one. Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say false. I mean, there's no. Po- I need to claw points back here, even though if I do think it's complete nonsense. I'm going to go for true because I want it to be true. It is real. That is, wow. that is really airing this season. Um, do we know what sort of biscuit we're talking I, about? Here? I think it's like a space thing, actually. A space biscuit? Yeah. Okay. I've had a I'm couple of those in my time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> biscuit hammer anime. I'm looking. Yeah, this. Yeah. Why is it? It's, it's a hammer that's made out of biscuit, is mm-hmm. it? Okay. Uh, good. Do you know what? Good luck to you yeah. if you enjoy that. Trust, trust the process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's clearly a market for it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next one. It's called God Troubles Me. I mean, that's a true statement. Uh, Very relatable, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go... I'm going to go false for that one. I think this one... It could be real. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go for true. This one is real as well. Oh, for God's sake! Uh, all right, I've got to do a little bit <laughs> more. Um, this. I've got to do some punctuation on this one because uh, otherwise, I don't <laughs> think that it'll really convey it properly. Okay. But it's called Dropkick on my devil with two exclamation po- uh, points afterwards <laughs> and then an X. So, I mean, you could have easily made that up, but yeah. So, do do I think you've gone to that effort of? being so particular about the punctuation that I think you've made it up. Or are you trying to trick us now? I know. By saying, like, oh, I've just got to deal with it. It's hard to read. Uh, Did I trickle down on it? It's like talking to Mephisto. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's me first, right, guess him. Mm. I'm going to say false. Uh, I really want to say real. false, but I need. I want to say false, but I also need the points. So I'm going to say true. It's true. That's real. Yes. Being very yes. tactical, Cardi. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I have to win points. You know. All right. Next one. Doomsday with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just going to go. I'm, I'm saying that one's false. That sounds really sweet. I want it to be true. I'm going to go. I'm going to go true. That's real. Oh, yes. for God's yeah. sake. Yeah, it's about a little uh, Shiba Inu. It's, yep. There I mean, yeah, I'd watch that now. Now I know it's a Shiba Inu. Mm. Oh, does uh, it depend on, on the dog? Which one, yeah, which one would you picturing. avoid? I was, I was picturing a St. Bernard, and to be fair, I still would have watched that, so I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, all right, it's another weird punctuation one. Uh, so it's called Café Olay, but the café has got a, an acute E, and then it's got mm. a slash, and then the Olay has got a a QE as if it's like, you know, the Spanish like, ole! Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then an exclamation mark. That's you first, Emma. I mean, what do you think Cafe Olay's about? Because it's definitely real, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know if Matt's trying to trick us when he talks about the I punctuation. I mean, he probably is. That's the whole point of this game is him, he's trying to I trick us. I feel like you're trying to trick me. <laughs> I feel like it's false. I think it's true. That's fake. I'm so yes. bad at this game. I'm so. I just. All right. you know. We got one more round that My will guessing change bone after is not this. Working today. I'm so I got good one at more 50 for you. Fifties. <laughs> <laughs> I got one more for you, but it'll change the dynamic of this. But before we do that, uh, this one's called "The Maid I Hired Recently Is Mysterious." <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that's true because it sounds like a mistranslation that would happen. So I'm going for true. I think it's true. It's very specific. You're both right. Uh, that's I real. Point on this. There we go. Yeah, Congratulations. Can we do one that's worth 10 points? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we can win. Uh, I tell you what, if you get all of these next ones right, you'll get 10 points. Okay. What is okay. the score at the moment? What are we up um, to? I can one, two, three, four, five, six for you, Emma, and three for Cardi. Oh. So you'll need to get them all right to win. I will. All right. I will. So there is, there is a sub-genre within mm. this medium about things happening in another world as they call it about people mm-hmm. like they're in our real world and they'll get sucked away to a fantasy world yep. or sometimes the reverse happens too sometimes there are fantasy characters that come and hang out in the one what we're in yep. and so i'm going to tell you the plot synopsis and you have to tell me whether or not it's accurate okay 
Okay. Plots. So, a demon from another world has to get a job at McDonald's. I think it's you. Is it you first ever? I don't know. Um, You can go first. Sure, I'll go first. I think that is false. I'm going true. I'm going to say it's a weird licensed anime. True. It's true. It's not technically McDonald's, but it's close enough. Wow. There we go. Is it the Hamburglar? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Sure. It's it's legally distinct. It's like like MT Drungles (laughs) instead of McDonald's. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, A man becomes a pharmacist in another world. What sort of fun story is that? (laughs) I mean, mean, is that just Doctor Who? (laughs) <laughs> um, no, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going false for that. But it's also so mundane that it could That's be. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking. Are you trying to throw us off the scent here? And it's actually. This, I'm going to say it's real. Yeah. This is such a good game. <laughs> I'm going false. Well, and you're going real. Emma. Yeah. Okay. It is real. Oh, what? Who's watching that? It's not very good. I watched the first episode <laughs> it, last night. What is it? it what is it called? Yeah, what, what happened? Um, God, I could tell you. I think it's called. Uh, it, it does just become a pharmacist in another, in another world. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's honestly awful. Um, okay, uh, a man's uncle returns from another world with magic powers. Um, is is it me? Yeah, it's you. Yeah. True. I'm going false. That's real. Oh, and not only is it real, it's pretty good. I really should have just followed my gut and said true to every single one of these. Uh, and I the next one is, a tactician from feudal China is transported to modern day and becomes a music promoter. <laughs> I can do that once more for you if you need I mean, it's quite long. I, oh wait, it's Emma first, so. Do you is it me it? first? Um, yeah, yeah. I think so. I don't know. I'm going to say it's false. See, this is the one I really want to be true, but sadly I do think it's false. So I'm going to go with false. It's real. It's 100% oh, real. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, What's also, this one? it's also pretty good. What's this one called? It's called Your Boy Kong Ming. <laughs> um, okay, I'm checking that one out. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that one. If anything we've got from this game, I've got that the, the um, that Your Boy Kong Ming <laughs> yeah. exists. It's very um, good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna at least read a synopsis of that. So That's what I'm gonna do. Thank you very much, both of you, for playing. Yeah, Emma, thank Emma, you, you win handedly. <laughs> yes, you absolutely trounced me there. Well done. Uh, are you gonna watch all those now, Emma? I feel like it's only just if you win them, you've got you've got to also watch them all. Every single one. Wow. Yeah, even the fake ones. <laughs> yeah, I've got to swede them like in uh, Be Kind Rewind. <laughs> yeah, get it, get it going. A few of them uh, sound pretty cool. Yeah, I, I mean your boy Kong Ming. Sounds excellent, to be honest. Um, right, we've got some feedback, as usual. We've got a mixture of feedback here, all sorts going on. Emma, first up is you. I've got some feedback from Tom. Hi, Tom. Tom says, Hi, guys and gal. Been thinking of a good topic for my long-awaited second email and finally landed on what I hope does the job. Following on from your latest Builder Game Workshop and specifically the special source category, oh, yeah. and it got me thinking... What is a specific feature from a game or series that no other game has seemingly tried to copy or imitate despite it being great? I know you all like to highlight the Nemesis system as a good example, Mm. but I was wondering if there are any more. Tom says, for me, it's the leveling system from later later Elder Scrolls games where you level up skills and abilities by actually using them rather than earning XP from kills and quests and spending points to improve them. Big fan of this because it feels that a little bit more realistic. No, mm-hmm. sorry. Notable mention also for the fantastic destruction from Red Faction Guerrilla, a system which, despite being a 13-year-old game, has never been done again, as far as I'm aware. Looking- Should we tackle that first? Let's do we this get first, the, yeah. Before to the we second get into part. The next part. Uh, do you know what? I do agree with the Elder Scrolls system, where actually using and pl- using skills and playing in a style builds up your characters. And actually, the new Playtale game, which I got to play a bit of, Playtale Requiem, kind of borrows this a bit. So if you decide to play quite an aggressive style where you kill a lot of people it actually boosts though that skill tree kind of it's like a hidden xp system or if you choose to play quiet and stealthily it'll boost those systems so you'll get you'll get skills that um i don't know you you can use your sling silently stuff like that so that is kind of borrowing that in a cool way i do agree that's a fun way to than rather just xp numbers um 
and also yeah red faction gorilla there's not really been a destruction system like that i think it's weird that no one i mean crackdown tried bless them crackdown free but it didn't really come together um i mean yeah nemesis this nemesis system is always the one that comes to mind to me just because it's so good i've actually been playing a lot of near automata recently i've done two full playthroughs i'm on halfway through the third uh oh, cool. of that now and i'm absolutely i think it's absolutely incredible and one thing that really struck me is just it's again like the skill system i just think that whole memory chip system that game has where you're just thinking about that. Yeah, like really, that really system good. is so cool but it's almost i almost don't want someone else to borrow it because it is so unique to that and it works like perfectly for that world that yeah i just think that game uh when i finish it maybe maybe next week i'll talk about it more but i think yeah I see why people think that game is special now that I'm most of the way through it. Um, I still haven't played that game. It's on my like backlog. I need to get to it. I can, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's so good. Uh, yeah. Uh, any systems you guys can think of? That I'm struggling of... to think of one because like, with the cause... really good stuff, it gets copied, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, most things do get taken. Um, anything some, from um... Trombon? Yeah, I was. Oh, that was the first one I was reaching for. There's no, you know, um, you know, there's no dinner making uh, mm-hmm. uh, mini game. Uh, mm-hmm. No, so I was thinking about some of the Final Fantasies and some mm-hmm. of the Final Fantasy tactics as well, where you could learn abilities for some of the classes that you were in, but you can take that ability to the next class that you bring it to, or if you equip a weapon, you can learn the ability from that weapon, but then you don't have to hold it anymore. So mm-hmm. you're like building characters with different pools of abilities. You don't see it really anywhere else but those Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's a good one. It's, I know what you mean, Emery. It's quite hard to think. Like, most good things are stolen. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and like repurposed and... and sort of like they might add a little bit to it. Yeah. Oh, um, active reloads are barely oh, in anything yeah. anymore. It was just kind of Gears of War and um, Shadow Hearts Covenant had a version of it, but mm-hmm. those are those are great. They made combat seem really active, even in bits where you weren't really necessarily paying attention. Mm-hmm. It's a good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, it's like I a like forgotten this. one almost. Mm-hmm. It got left behind mm-hmm. with time. I'm trying to think, like, yeah, yeah. Well, again, it's a good topic for people to write into IGN underscore uk feedback at ign.com there was um more to tom's email though i think yeah let's carry on so tom says look forward to hearing your thoughts also if vecna is trying to turn me into a froob <laughs> i really like that um, my song oh, i'd at- love a frozen froob right now oh it'd be perfect wouldn't it <laughs> froobs are so good um my song at 15 is probably going to be something daft and thoughtless like i bet you look good on the dance floor by arctic monkeys now, it's a banger. It's not dark. It's, it's an absolute banger. Good track. Yeah. Yeah. It still holds up. you got to own it, you know? Just like exactly. me with Bad Romance. Just gotta... Still a good still song. Good. Still, still good. good songs. All still good songs. Good. Yeah. Um, Tom says now it would probably be the much superior What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. Oh, that is high class stuff. That is actually Classic. Yeah. Um, and to distract the upside down devil bats, got to be Sweet Caroline to get them all on side <laughs> and up for a sing-along. Stay safe and, as always, respect the sea. Good choices. Matt, did you... I don't know if you uh, listen to this stuff. I don't know if you uh, know what we were picking here as songs. What Do you know what your song would be? So it would be, like, current but also at 15, right? Yeah, or you can... Like, mine happen to be the same for both because I have not matured at all <laughs> music-wise. I uh, feel like it's got to be, like, a Sum 41 track or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Right? Fat Lip. Yeah, fat yeah. Lip going. Still good, but, yeah, mm-hmm. that would absolutely be what I was listening to at 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would work for all three, actually. That would mm. distract them as well. Like, yeah, yep, good choices. Um, I've got an email here from Jordan Green. He says, hi, guys. The talk of collector's editions triggered my Molyneux-induced PTSD. Cast your mind back to the heady autumn of 2010. I was a bright and idealistic 17-year-old whose earliest experience of an RPG was Fable, a game that has shaped my gaming taste ever since. To give you an idea of just how deep I was in the Fable hole, before Fable 2 came out, I logged around 30 to 40 hours on the absolute tosh Fable pub games that came out on Live Arcade. Oh, I remember that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I had just recently gotten my first Saturday job, so I was flush with cash. So imagine my glee when I heard about the Fable 3 Collector's Edition. I pre-ordered immediately, and on the day of release, pulled a sickie from Sixth Form to get the game. A particularly silly decision, because I had to walk past my school to get to Game Station. <laughs> the walk was two hours round trip. Is there no buses or anything, Jordan? Come on. 
I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, go get your steps all in. Money, money on the game. game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, can't afford a bus. Um, and I got home ready to have my mind blown. Suffice to say, I was not impressed. When even Stephen Fry absolutely frying it up can't save your game, you know you've got issues. Since then, I've never gotten a special edition, and I'm finding it very hard to be infused for more Fable, because I just don't want to hurt like that again. Keep faith in Playground Games, Jordan, is what I say. Fable uh, Fable's in good hands. Not seen any of it, I don't even know how far away it is, but you know, Fable, I think it's in good hands. Let's, let's be optimistic. Um... So in this vein, any games you remember that you're excited for that were just absolute shite. Um, oh, and as a bonus, Jordan has uh, his Vecna song would be when he was 15 would be Smells Like Teen Spirit, which is, of course, an absolute banger. Um, and now it would probably be Hurt by Oliver Tree because I am still super cool. I can, I, I am honest, I do not know who Oliver Tree is. I don't know if anyone else does. Neither do I. Edgy, Jordan, edgy. I'll, I'll check it out, though. How about that? Um, as always, keep up the stellar podding. Respect to see. And one love to the grave diggers. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, any any games you guys remember being really excited for and just they were absolute toilet? <laughs> I think one for me was I was really excited for Fallout 76 and then oh, it wasn't quite yeah. what I was expecting and hoping for. Yeah, yeah, that, that is one. Like, I had a similar thing with Fallout 4. I thought it was going to be like a 10 out of 10 masterpiece. It was still, I, I still really enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, it's still like an 8 or a 9 for me, but I was yeah. ready for it to be like unbelievably good. I, uh, I'm trying to think of a game I was really, really... I mean, I wasn't really... I mean, I still played 150 hours of it, but Marvel's Avengers was a complete disappointment despite me still playing 150 hours of it. Um, I thought you loved it as well. You're always telling us about I it. Don't, I don't... I, <laughs> there's bits I enjoyed, but it's not... It's by, it is a thorough 5 or 6 out of 10. Like, it is not a, it's not a good game. Um, I'm quite lucky. I, I don't think I've had any, like, major disappointments with games. Brink. <laughs> brink. Tell, tell us about how Brink... Did it bring you to the brink? It was just sort of nothing, wasn't it? But it was supposed to be the next big thing and then mm-hmm. just ended up not really quite working, did it? Yes, no, it's a good example. Mm. It's a very good example. I was um, thinking about the the flip of this uh, question, which is, mm. are there any games that were hugely anticipated that you, with your supreme journalistic knowledge, mm. knew well ahead of time you were like, this, is, this looks knackered like from pre-release? Oh. Because I'm sure I was saying this about Cyberpunk before it came out. I was like, don't get your hopes up, everybody. I, was still, I still have my hopes. I still have my hopes up for Cyberpunk. I mm. won't lie. I don't know if there's any that I was like, ooh. Uh, it's a good question. Off the top mm. of my head, it's a good question. To... It's hard, yeah. Maybe one for the listeners. Yeah, exactly. Email in. Um, I'm trying I quite like Cyberpunk as well. I really I, like, I, I do. It. I yeah. do like it. It's I've not gone flaws. back to play it since it's uh, since it's apparently been fixed. So maybe yeah. I might get it's, into it's, it now. It's definitely got its flaws, but I still still did enjoy it. I suppose one. I mean, Fallout Seventy Six is definitely one of those that people are excited about, and uh, I got more than one uh, taste of it before it came out, and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> yeah, not not quite for me." <laughs> yeah, um, but by all accounts, they've turned that game around, and it's quite enjoyable now. Not that I. Can never see myself uh, really going back. Um, what else have we got? I suppose that's it. Kind of. If you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, that's it anyway. Thor Ragnarok, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, if you haven't seen that, go back now and watch that. Into... That's on Disney Plus. Ragnarok. Yeah, watch that. You'll enjoy that. Actually, um, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, Thor Love and Thunder. Not as good. Still, still, still enjoyable though. But um, yeah, we're going to go into spoilers now for Thor Love and Thunder, as well as some tweets that we've got sent about it. Actually, because Matt, you put out the call earlier, so uh, we've got a few tweets from people. So let's play a little bit of. Well, I suppose it's going to have to be uh, Welcome to Paradise, isn't it? Now. By Guns N' Roses, and then we'll be back with spoilers. That was the softest clap in the world. Uh, we'll have to cut that. I was embarrassed. Um, <laughs> that's a that was a sweaty clap. Um, that reminds me of the time. Oh, was it? I think it was Joe who described my clap as a wet bit of lettuce hitting a table. Uh, <laughs> well, it's hard to disagree. Uh, right. I've ever said it in this. Now we go back in. Uh, so, we can now freely talk about Thor, Love and Thunder. I suppose, should we kick things off? We can kind of use these 
tweets we've been sent in, Matt's kind of jump off points to talk about different things, I suppose. Yeah, so, I think that's what's the really first good way to one do we've it. got? Cool. So this one's from Ravi, who said, I really enjoyed it. Taika Waititi movie, more than an MCU one, but I think that's what they've gone for with Phase 4. Eternals, Shang-Chi, and Doctor Strange 2 were more reflections of the director's vision than the MCU as a whole. Be interesting to see how they all tie it together. That is a good point. This has kind of been... I don't think it's been the most successful run of like six films since like Endgame. Like Spider-Man was very good. Apart from that, I think they're all... Shang-Chi also I really enjoyed. Apart from that, I think they're fairly middling. But I do... I suppose, yeah, we've got... People moaned for a long time, all oh, these films are all the same. And now they have given some quite different directors mm-hmm. a bit of free reign. So at least, you know, they are trying different things. Like, I think Eternals is utterly dull and... But it's got Kingo in it. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's it's got things that can make it good, and I don't know, it just really didn't come together to me. I found it quite horrifically dull. But um, yeah, I get what Ravi's saying there. That it's kind of yeah, I like it's definitely a Taika Waititi film. It's it's borderline not an MCU film, <laughs> but you know, mm-hmm. people kind of I think you expect that now from him. So yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's that, good. It's fun. That's the main thing that. I came out of that film feeling was like, yeah, I had a good time with it. It was, it was, it was good. It was a good movie, mm-hmm. not great, but good, definitely. Mm-hmm. I just think it could have used, you know, a couple more months with the script. Really, like, I think that it, the direction's fine. Like, there are, you know, some things to be said about the the CGI, but I think that some of the action scene directing is really great. Um, I think that the comedy stuff hits for the most part, but uh, it's just the like little connective tissue that doesn't quite mm-hmm. bring it to the next bit. It's just not got that and I know like, it's, I'm going to compare it to Ragnarok because it's the same director, same mm-hmm. characters, they're, they're directly comparable I think. Like, it just doesn't have that same emotional hook to it for me it doesn't quite work. It does just feel like connecting fights together really. There's no real solid plot I think it's just jokes and fights which mm-hmm. it's enjoyable enough but I just I don't know the heart and I do you think that Natalie Portman is very good as Jane Foster and it just was I don't know maybe I just I just didn't buy the connection the fact they had to tell the whole of their love story in like a two minute flashback montage didn't really buy me into their eternal Stuff love that if you we know didn't what I mean. get to see in any of the previous movies really yeah yeah I don't know I never felt he was utterly heartbroken until the point where she dies really and then like I I do just have problems with the ending in general that like there's a lot of like oh and then this happens without explaining like there's, there's no suddenly... uh, reason that she should have been able to get there in the end uh, that exactly. gets glossed over and just no reason why Gore like he just forgives Gore despite him killing lots of people then decides to be the father of her daughter who suddenly now has like godlike powers which aren't really explained. I think you're supposed to infer, because I don't think Thor knows this, but that it was the Necrosword that was the actual cause of all of this, this destruction, right? Like, it was using Gore as a vessel. So, you know, Gore okay. manages to, you know, not be mm-hmm. under the influence of it anymore. So I, I think they that's... just don't... I think that is the problem, is they just don't explain enough, especially like, Gore's character, like... And, like, he seems to be, at times, just utterly unstoppable, like, conjuring creatures out of nowhere, like, can just, like, stop the hammer, like, stuff, and then, like, he's just defeated, and I'm just like, I've never quite got a grasp of what he's capable of, really, like, how powerful a character he he was. Yeah, exactly. It feels kind of, like, rushed in that regard of he's got this motive, and for most of the movie, he's like, this is what I'm doing. You know, Mm. like you said, I would have liked to have seen him kill some more gods and stuff, and then it's like... (laughs) At the end, it's like, oh, change your heart. Yeah, actually, no, I'm good. Like, And it just felt a bit abrupt, I think. Um, and the same kind of thing I felt with like the Jane Foster stuff. It's like, you know, we see Natalie Portman again. She's back. We only get her for like a little bit. And then that's mm-hmm. that's done and that's over. Like, yeah, it just felt very, very quick. Thinking... They wrapped a lot of stuff up very quickly. <laughs> the way you could have made gore so much more effective as if and it would have also made the zeus section the omnipotent city section a lot more meaningful if after thor left gore just arrived and just butchered everyone in that room <laughs> it was like here's the power of that this sword and this man wields and also here's the whole point of this section because otherwise it being a fun detour just to get a lightning bolt which they didn't really ultimately need i don't like it was nice to have but i don't know why they couldn't have used other weapons but yeah yeah, I like, think that would have been good. I think the problem with Gore is 
even though he's supposed to be like he's supposed to be a really scary character, right? But I didn't mm. truly feel the threat of him through the movie, if that makes sense. Because like we didn't actually get to see much of the actual him no. killing people. He was creepy with the children. I liked those bits, but those bits were really like good. The child yeah. Yeah. From I Gigi think a bit Bamba. more action with him and a bit more actually seeing stuff happening would have been would have made me mm-hmm. a bit more scared of him. I wonder if it still has that same problem of MCU villains. Like, they're technically correct, right? Like, the only really, like, bad thing that he does under his own morals is, like, he kidnaps some children. But all the mm. god- gods that we meet are absolutely awful, right? Like, so, you know, he's like, oh, I don't think that any of these people should be in charge of the whole world, right? Like, everybody worships mm-hmm. them and they're not actually living up to the, the standards that they set. So wouldn't he have been totally fine to just say, like, Thor, can I borrow this Bifrost for a minute so I can go wish all of them out of existence? Like, if I yeah. wasn't being a baddie about it, I'd have a pretty noble that thing also, to be doing. I suppose that also means Thor goes, so he wouldn't he wouldn't be happy with that. But, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one, because I do think, and I don't think it's Christian Bale's fault, I think he's he's good. He does I well with the material. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It just needed a bit more explanation to some bits. And, like... When I first saw this film is just under two hours, I was like, yes, just under two hours. And it was ultimately one where I was like, I could have probably done with another 10, 15 minutes <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. That, and they could have put Tessa Thompson in it more for just all of those 10 minutes. More. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, she, she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's always good there. Um, what other tweets did you Well, have? actually, speaking of that, yeah, Chris says, it was okay. I think they went too far with making Thor goofy. Ragnarok balanced it better. Mm-hmm. And it just made me want a Valkyrie standalone project. Which has to be in the works, right? I think you could even argue that she's not in this movie very much. Maybe that's to get the fans wanting, you know? Valkyrie only MCU movie. Or even just, I feel that would be a good Disney Plus show. Mm -hmm. Six-parter, like, of her running Asgard, things happening, having to go out on missions. I would watch that, yeah. What's going on in new Asgard? Yeah. I feel like that, that should be happening. And probably Taika Waititi directing that. But he knows how to do TV, so, yeah. That was one of the things that I really liked about Ragnarok, right? Like that decision that Asgard isn't important where it is. Mm. It's just the people and this like shared belief. Um, This movie doesn't really have that same like moralistic ending at the end of it. It doesn't have like the characters making any real realization. Like Thor is kind of who he is at the beginning at the end. And yeah. the narrative character arc of like, oh, I, you know, fall in love with this woman, but she's not alive at the end of it. Like his his arc really isn't much about adopting a child at the end. That's not that. Yeah. That's kind of an afterthought. It was a bit. Yeah, I did find the end just a bit. I was like, oh, so is this young girl now in the MCU? I don't know where we're going from here with Thor. I'm I'm quite intrigued. Maybe they're bringing Enchantress and uh, Amora becomes involved. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, I definitely want to read this one from James, who says, mm-hmm. I was surprised by just how much I cried at the end. Made me think of all those in my life who I love and care for. Love is indeed lovely. And Aww. Jane Foster was a badass. I mean, it's hard to disagree yeah. with much of that, to be honest. I completely um, agree. Um, yeah. the, the only thing that I, I think, though... Um, I think that she's done a little sour by being worthy, but also having her energy drained by the yeah. same force. So it's, she either is worthy or she isn't. You, you know, like, right? She gets, yeah, she gets definitely gets her moments, and she's very good in those moments. Like I don't know if it was a deal of like, obviously there was a reason Natalie Portman left the MCU before she wasn't massively into it. Like, I don't know if this was like a deal. It's like I'll do this one. But like you've got to kill, like this is it. <laughs> you've basically got to kill me off because I don't want to be in it anymore. Maybe because but... it felt like they could have gone a lot further with her character as well. Like mm-hmm. you could have had something happen after like another movie. I think that would have been cool. Like they obviously don't want to get rid of him just because he's he's so good at what he does, Chris Hemsworth. But I I genuinely thought nothing in the build up really led me to believe they were going to go this way. But I thought there was a small chance he could have died in this film for like love or something like that. It could have been the end of him and either Valkyrie or Natalie Portman would take over. Um, but it doesn't look like that's maybe like, They've maybe Thor is quite a lot with the other ones though. Like yeah, I Captain be America so... and Iron Man 2 were basically exactly. the same. And it's maybe a bit too soon. Like I can see him ultimately sacrifice himself, but maybe like with a big like if Galactus or someone like that comes along, maybe he's the big sacrifice for that. You could actually um, probably see that happening in the middle of the movie, him ending up in Valhalla at the end, and there's like mm-hmm. a like yeah, I'm I'm basically writing fan fiction at this point, so I'll stop <laughs> yeah, now. Why not? <laughs> why not? Um I think we've got one more tweet. Mm-hmm, we do. Nicholas says 
I thought it was okay, fun enough to sit and sit through, but the tones, dark, silly, and emotional of the film didn't feel balanced to me. Gore was great, but informing the audience about his killings through essentially the news was very unsatisfying. <laughs> the goats were funny, though. Fair I do like that telling his story through the news. That was quite. Yeah, it's like oh, another go- another god's been killed. Mm-hmm. It's like we see the aftermath of him killing a massive god. It's like I want to see that. Yeah, I want to see, see like, the action. Yeah, like... yeah, exactly. I want to see him killing gods. Um, I do. Yeah, it didn't feel balanced, did it? It was just like I feel like maybe like although we're, I'm praising Christian Bale's performance, it was good and it was kind of a little silly in places, but like. Kate Blanchett as Hella kind of got the balance perfect. She was menacing. She showed we knew what she could do. She was basically unstoppable. Like, but also she did kind of make little like jokes and one line. Like she did kind of get him to that zone. Whereas Christian Bale did kind of feel slightly in a different film at times for the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I liked it enough. I was just I don't know. I was I was I was hoping for a really good film, and I don't think ultimately that is what it is. There wasn't a shocking thing for Gore to do, like Hella breaking the hammer as well. Like that's yeah. that's very iconic, iconic imagery and shows like just the length of which she's capable of, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the extent of her power. Gore doesn't really have a moment like that. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. He should have gone and like killed Zeus or mm. so. He should have like they should have done something like that. It was just like, oh, he can do that or like, yeah. I suppose when he took her, like I just love that imagery of him like in the cloak. At- over new Asgard when it's dark, like he looks terrifying at that point. I was like, the jump scare is really good as well. Like exactly. the really tiny moment of him, like mm-hmm. not being on screen and then appearing on screen again, is like actually pretty good for this. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk a little bit about Zeus if you want, because I'm personally all in on Russell Crowe's accent in this. I think mm-hmm. it's just mad. Why, why not go for it? And- Have you heard that he's doing an impression of a uh, Australian performer? I didn't know. So we might be able to drop a clip in here, uh, so the listeners can do this. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna reveal something to you. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, he's co- he's a guy called Con the Fruiterer. The <laughs> I'm gonna drop this in chat now. Mm-hmm. So somebody from the IGN team said that this is clearly what he's doing. It's what he's referencing. <laughs> he is. Yeah, I can, even just from that few seconds. <laughs> Yeah, it's mad that he's kind of. I, I I liked it. I loved his little. He does a little shimmy at one point. That was kind of. <laughs> if I had to pick out one like funny moment, that would probably be it. But like you know how like, it's just not quotable, is it? Like Ragnarok instantly, it's like oh the hammer pulled you off, or like like there was lines like that, that like instantly like people were quoting. But I I honestly I couldn't tell you. I couldn't bring a joke back. Like I don't know. Maybe it's again just the Taikwati effect of like. Oh, kind of felt like I've heard these jokes before and Korg wasn't as funny this time really it's a shame like he was almost in it too much like Korg doesn't need to be like in the gang as much I don't think but um yeah I think it's uh, good when you have him like just one liners here and there that's like his strength for sure him in Ragnarok was funny because it's like it's such a kind of nothing character right like Mm -hmm. he's not especially special he's a big rock man and making him be in it more and have a lot of lines is funny in the next movie that it's like his just like his friend he's hanging out with like you know who showed up in the movie a little bit beforehand and Mm -hmm. him being a main character in this like totally undoes the fun of that joke i Mm -hmm. think yeah i did love the fight on a where is the i've got the place the place that basically turns everything to chrome like i thought that was really like visually interesting like that is one film thing this film does have is like it is visually impressive like it has that similar thor effect of like just color everywhere and that's why i think that scene is so good that they just kind of like suck all the color out of it and just like it makes gore even creepier Mm -hmm. i love those bits where they just kind of get pulled into darkness like there's some great imagery in this it's just yeah it just doesn't quite pull it all together but i've got one more question for you guys hercules Mm -hmm. what's going on here what, what are we doing? So we saw this at a uh, screening, and <laughs> yeah. even for people that are kind of you know jaded, this was for press. Lot of yeah. lot of cheering for Brett Goldstein showing up. <sighs> what like? I'm not the world's biggest Ted Lasso fan anyway, but 
I, I'm, is he going to be in it a lot? Are we getting it's him it's just him? fun surprising casting. Like I yeah. think he'd be good in I, the role. Yeah, I I'm, I was like I didn't cheer, um, but like I'm, <laughs> no, I'm all I heard for you it. whooping. You were in tears actually. <laughs> I saw, but like I'm just more confused. Like Herc, where are we going? Like is that teasing a four film in four years that now Hercules is the villain in? I'm not really. I don't know. They seem to be these post credit scenes are getting a bit out of hand. Like do you remember when Harry Styles popped up at the end of Eternals? Where's that? When's he coming That's back? What's thing. going on yeah, here? They keep What's they going? keep showing these actors and and you know hinting at these characters. And it's like when are we actually going to get to see you in a movie? Like yeah. it's going to be years. Next, there'll be from Joe now. Pesci popping up as Galactus. <laughs> it makes me think about what the last movie in the MCU is going to be. Whether or not they get to plan it so that it's like this is the last one we're doing. We're not making any mm. more of these. Or whether they're going to have a teaser at the end of one that never comes to fruition. Like, which do you think is more likely? It should be like an endless loop. So it should be the first scene from Iron Man or something. Mm. <laughs> it should be the end credits. <laughs> I don't know. It's just never going to end, is it? Will no. the MCU outlive us? Probably. I think so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think with uh, regards well. to Hercules, the whole thing with Hercules and Thor is that, like, they have a bit of a punch up, don't they? They fight, but then I think down the line they become okay with each other, like kind of friends. In, in, uh, uh, who knows? Is is that where we're heading with this? Like I don't know, but I'm I'm all for it. I love Ted Lasso though, so there you is a bit see, of a bias. You could really there. see Hercules and Thor as a MCU like Disney Plus show. Actually, <laughs> it's too perfect a title. Oh, and it's probably going to be a musical, and it's uh, mm. I don't know where we go with the MCU. I'm I'm still. I'm still in on it, but yeah, I'm, with each film now, I am slowly losing, slowly losing interest. We've got Black Panther in a few months. Still don't know. I haven't seen any of what, it. Still don't know what that film is. Um, they'll they'll roll it out soon. They had they yeah. had this one to sell. I'm surprised there wasn't a post credits or a trailer for it for this, but yeah. Anyway, that's another long MCU chat for you. If you don't like the MCU, I do apologise. But sometimes, you know. They're big events. We've got to cover them. Uh, uh, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com to send you your feedback. I think we're going to end this now because, frankly, I am sweating. <laughs> and it Same. is just too hot. Um, <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, Tell exactly. us uh, how much you like the anime quiz. Exactly. Yeah, out of out of ten or yeah, which what was it? Uh, your gym. What was the what was the one I was. What's the one I was going to watch? Your boy Kong Ming. Yeah, I'll ch- everyone check out your boy Kong Ming. We want that in the feedback next it's, week. It's uh, genuinely good. Okay. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.